peace of Christ be with you. I always thought I would deliver the Youth Sunday sermon one day, mainly because I promised myself that I would when I was little. You see, I used to preach a lot when I was little, at least that's what I thought I was doing. In reality, I just had an open Bible in front of me and made up random things that I wanted it to say and told my parents what to do. <laughs> I remember one Sunday in particular, when I was about four years old, my parents told us that we weren't going to church for some reason. Well, I was very upset by this, and I told my parents that if we weren't going to church, then I would be leaving, leading the service here at my house. <laughs> and that's exactly what I did. I put on my dad's navy bathrobe, opened my children's Bible, and proceeded, the, proceeded to bring the message to my parents. Preaching then was easy, and it was easy to say that I would one day preach in 2017 when I was 18 years old because that sounded so far away. But here I am and here I go. <laughs> Today's lectionary passages share a similar image, light. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light, Isaiah 9, 2. The Lord is my light and my salvation, Psalm 27, verse 1. And Matthew 4:16, quoting from Isaiah, for those who sat in the region in shadow of death, light has dawned. What are the scriptures trying to tell us, and why is light such a frequent and powerful metaphor? I want to focus on two aspects of light this morning. First, light enables vision. Without light, we wouldn't be able to see at all. Similarly, light is essential to our growth and our emotional health. It's no coincidence that humans tend to be more depressed in the winter when days are shorter and light is scarce than in the summer when days are longer and light is abundant. So the presence of light allows us to see all of the wonderful, wonderful things around us that we would otherwise miss. If you've worshiped at Northminster for any length of time, you realize that the very design of our sanctuary with its tall windows is intended to let in light. It just so happens that the majority of my moments between these walls with all of you are wonderful, and it is in here where light streaming in from outside enables me to catch glimpses of light on the inside. To me, some of the moments that are most filled with light in this place occur on Communion Sundays. I sit right there on the second row, and Watch every one of you walk down the aisle and eat the same bread that I do. Everyone processes quietly and seems tranquil, untroubled, and content, like there's not a care in the world. However, I know, and all of you know, that that's not the case. To paraphrase and invert Thornton Wilder's writing and Chuck Poole's frequent reference to it, life is both wonderful and awful. Which brings me to the second aspect of light I want to focus on. Just as light illumines all the wonderful things around us, light also exposes the awful things around us. Sometimes we might even wish we had remained in the dark, comfortably ignorant of the pain around us and among us, but the light of Jesus Christ won't allow that. We may sit in darkness, but ultimately, we will see a great light, and we have to be honest about what we see. 
As I watch all of you walk down the aisle on Communion Sundays, I remind myself that life can be awful for all of you too. And this may sound crazy, but that's comforting to me. I don't find comfort in the fact that you have pain, but in the fact that I'm not alone. And if all of you return week after week, it must turn out to be okay. And you must experience the same kind of light that I do when I walk through those doors. Otherwise, why would you keep coming back? I find hope from all of you. For an hour, we are able to forget those awful things. We gather together in one body and for one purpose, not to be entertained or to mingle or to feel better about ourselves, but to worship God. This hour of worship is beautiful, but we all know that the service will come to an end, the silence will gradually accumulate into whispers, into chaotic laughter. You'll finish chewing your bread, swallow your grape juice, and we will be forced to leave these walls and go back out there to a world that can sometimes be painful. No matter how moved or how inspired you were by Chuck's words, the world you are returning to hasn't changed. It will be dark sometimes, perhaps most of the time, but maybe, just maybe, because we came to worship together, our eyes that see that world have been changed. And that brings me to my final point this morning, not about light, but about accountability. Once we have seen all that the light has to expose to us, we have to act. We are called to accountability as this, gospel, as this morning's gospel passage illustrates clearly. As Jesus begins his public ministry, he sees two pairs of brothers, all of whom happen to be fishermen. When Jesus calls them to act and to leave their nets behind, they don't hesitate. They follow him immediately. Now, Jesus must have been pretty charismatic because I know a thing or two about brothers and I've never experienced my brothers responding immediately when I've asked them to do anything. <laughs> but Andrew, Peter, James, and John did, re did respond when called to accountability and Jesus made them fishers of men. Something I love about this church is that so many people here not only show me the light, they care about me to hold me accountable. I remember one communion Sunday, I was sitting right there on the end of our pew, and Woody has just gotten his bread, and he's passing me on the way back to his seat. As he's walking towards me, he looks at me and gives me a soft, sweet smile and holds out his hand. I smiled and reached for his hand, knowing that there was a peppermint in it just for me. <laughs> and right when I reached out to touch his hand, Woody closed it, pulled his hand back, looked at me sternly and said, where have you been? <laughs> you see, Woody and I both knew that I hadn't been in that youth house in quite a while and Woody was not afraid to remind me of that fact. <laughs> Thank you, Woody. In my mind's eyes many years ago, I told myself that when I stepped into this pulpit today and headed off to college a few months from now, that I would be ready, that I would be mature, intelligent, and insightful. 
But here I am, and I don't feel any of those things. I imagine when Jesus asked Simon, Andrew, James, and John to follow him that they didn't feel ready either, but they went anyway. The thing is, we may never be ready. However, as Henry Nouwen said, you don't think your way into a new kind of living. You live your way into a new kind of thinking. I suspect this is what the disciples had to do. So when you leave this place in a, in a little while, take a little light with you and go offer encouragement, love, and humility. Speak with courage and clarity and go to be fishers of men.